This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, my name is Marguerite Arigata, and I'm the founder and CEO of Valde Beauty. And what I love about beauty is I think it's just so fundamental and impactful how beauty makes you feel that I created my brand around that very same concept. Because beauty can make a woman feel confident. It can have a transformational impact. And that's really what I love the most is just really how profound and impactful beauty is. I love that aspect of beauty so much that I wanted to create my brand around that very same core aspect. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Well, welcome, Margarita. We're so excited to have you here on Beauty as Your Business. I'm here today with my co-host, Abby. Great to be here and see you, Margarita. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to see you both. Well, I'm so excited to hear some more about your story, Margarita. You have a really rich history in the beauty industry. So tell us a little bit about that and how it brought you to where you are today with your new brand. Thank you. Part of my history is a stint in beauty, which I've been I've been in beauty for a little over 15 years. And it really started out at, at Sephora. I, I entered, I joined Sephora without having any beauty background other than the fact that I use beauty products. But I was a merchant. I'd been a merchant. I grew up in, in Macy's. I'd been in the home and in fashion. And you know, I, I think I'd been in most categories and areas um, with the exception of beauty. And so the opportunity presented itself. I joined Sephora as a head of color cosmetics. And um, I spent a few years overseeing that category, which I loved, um, still love. Then became the SVP of merchandising um, for most of the time that I was at Sephora and eventually uh, chief merchant. And in the latter years, I spent most of my time really overseeing strategy, differentiation, innovation, and spending time partnering with the other international regions. And I left in, in 2015. I felt it was a ground-shifting moment in the beauty industry. Uh, social was starting to really become very, very strong. I felt super removed uh, from the industry. I missed the brands. And I felt it was a new chapter, which it ended up being in, in beauty. And I felt that my teams really needed to take the reins. Um, and it needed to be their their chapter. And... And I wanted to get back down and, and, you know, and feel what was happening in the industry a little bit closer. And without really knowing what to do, I somewhat evolved into a consulting strategic advisory role. I've always advised, I've always mentored brands, and it just felt really super comfortable for me. Many brands reached out and said, hey, you know, can, you know, can we talk and can we get a little advice? And, you know, without really thinking much of it, it formed into a, a strategic advisory role. I sit on a few boards, but it gave me such a great perspective to be at the ground level again and seeing the evolution of beauty, right? And in such a 
groundbreaking moment. It was actually a tsunami, I think, is is really what materialized between 2015 and 2019. And, you know, super, super exciting to have seen the uh, evolution. And at the same time, you know, I witnessed this growth, this bubble that really honestly has, you know, has burst. And so the reflection for me with the creation of this brand really stemmed from some pivotal points that happened in in my life. I had lost my mom at the end of 2014. And at the same time, I had seen this evolution in in the beauty industry and felt that there was, for me, I, I felt, you know, deep in my heart, this reflection I wanted to express a point of view that was a reflection on women inspired by my mom. And it was a little bit of an homage to, to the beauty industry. And so that's how, and so I've been working on this for the last four years. Mm, a labor of love. A true labor of love. Yeah. With contractions and all that. Well, is that, <laughs> isn't it always, I mean, that's really the beauty of the beauty industry, people that aren't in the business don't realize what it actually takes to get something from a little idea to the market. Years and years and years of work. Yeah, it was a little hunch. And I'll be really honest with you, I really resisted it. I had the, the, the hunch and the seedling of this development really stemmed from me doing a, I was doing a, uh, a photo book, a photo album book on my mom a year after her anniversary. You know, as I was looking through all these photographs of her entire life that I wanted to sort of get copies to my family, I realized that she always, you know, I was reminded through all the pictures in every single picture she wore, she wore lipstick. And then it just took me back to the latter, to her late years, where she suffered from dementia. And she didn't recognize me in the, in the last few years. But every time I took out that lipstick, you know, she'd perk up and she'd pucker up, you know, she'd get ready for me to apply that lipstick on her. And she would look in the mirror, not realizing that she was seeing herself in the reflection. She saw someone that was beautiful and she kissed that mirror. And so here I am putting this photo album together and I had this flashback in those moments. And in that moment, I thought that I wanted to sort of harness this feeling of how beauty makes us feel because it's so profound, right? That she could not remember me. Mind you, I was a good daughter. Mm. Mm. (laughs) That's such a beautiful story. That's It's very profound for so many reasons. Yes. And I thought, I'm missing this narrative. Mm. Uh, You know, we, we take it for granted. We know, of course, beauty makes us feel confident and all these wonderful things. But in this evolution of this of what we've witnessed in the last years, I just thought, oh, God, I miss this. And so, you know, there set off the seedling of a concept that was an homage to my mom, to women in general, and to the beauty industry because beauty has done so much mm. for all of us, right? It means so much in a profound way. So that's how it, it came to be. And I, I resisted it. I thought, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> there's, please, there's Fenty out there. There's Pat McGrath out there. What are you, crazy? 
But you know what? That That's really, and we were just talking to another guest about the beauty of the industry, right? I mean, there are niches that a brand can really have a life and a world and a community of its own and have really deep roots and success because it really is about the storytelling, right? It always goes back to the story. It is. I mean, despite the fact that I felt... You know, I I cannot compete. I cannot compete. There's already so many beautiful products in the industry. And and God knows, you know, a lot of women might think we, we don't need another lipstick brand. But for me, what was profound, this emotion, this reflection, this need for us to get back to the value and the meaning of beauty that felt for me felt was missing or were taking for granted is what I couldn't kick out of my system. And I, I try to sabotage myself. I really tried really hard to go. No, no, these are all the reasons why you should not do this. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it wouldn't leave me alone. So I thought, okay, well maybe, maybe I'll explore a little bit and one foot in front of the other. And before I knew it, this thing was, you know, this creation was starting to manifest itself in a very unusual way because I didn't take a very conventional approach. Everything about this brand is super unconventional. And so therefore it is a labor of love. But before I knew it, there was, there was a brand that had an essence, you know, a purpose and a product concept that allows me to express my point of view on women, our potential, our resilience, our strength, and the potential for the beauty industry. So walk us through a little bit of the process. How did you get to the products and the offering and the brand's name and all of the the things that make the brand what it is? Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking that. I'm super humble that you would ask because it's very, very personal. I wrote a little story in that moment that I had this reflection when I did uh, the photo album. I wrote this the story that I shared with you in terms of the profound impact on 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 my mom and so because it was in an homage to my mom I originally thought well you know maybe I'll name it after her her first name is you know Carolina but as I thought about my roots and as I thought about myself this brand journey while it was inspired by my mom has certainly become a reflection and a journey of my personal journey on coming into myself and being very comfortable with being myself. And I wanted to pay homage to my roots because I realized that throughout my life, my career, because I've tried to fit in, I have not really put forth all of myself. And I'm very Latina. I live a very dual life. I'm, you know, I'm born and raised in, you know, Peru, South America, and I grew up there and in trying to fit in, I just sort of overshadowed that aspect. And so my mother's last name is Val de Lamar, and it has a rich history in uh, in Peru. There were poets and artists named after her last name. And I thought, I, I was looking through a Latin dictionary and to see, you know, what meaning I could gather from that. And I ran into the word Valde, which is the English word for very. And very is a word that places emphasis on the word that follows. And I knew that I wanted to pay homage to women and really emphasize. There's just so many aspects that I wanted to emphasize with the brand, you know, this aspect of women's inner strength and all that lies in the discovery and the 
unleashing of a potential when we are authentically ourselves. And so the the tagline of the brand being very you is what came of it. And so it felt right for me, even though it was so unconventional and risky to have a name that just, you know, nobody knows what it's about, but it played into my roots. I loved, you know, the definition of the word and it played into what I wanted to emphasize because I'm emphasizing lip, I'm emphasizing women, I'm emphasizing this, you know, greater aspect and personality that we have, you know, from, from women. So originally what I, the creation of the brand was really the concept. I knew that I wanted to be lip and I knew that I wanted it to um, be about women. And so I started with the brand essence. I did not know what the product would look like other than because I wanted it to be an homage, I wanted something that felt emblematic and I wanted to take the lip experience to another level. And I didn't know how, quite frankly, and that's the reason it's taking me so long. I didn't know what I wanted other than I wanted something super artistic and emblematic. So originally I was going to do a very embellished version of a bullet. And then I thought there, for me, this, I went deep into this juxtaposition of a woman and this lipstick aspect, right? That is a bullet. And so what I wanted to capture from the women narrative is this femininity yet strength. And so I had sketches of a bullet and and sort of a, a ballerina corset, if you will, that sort of has the juxtaposition over the bullet. And in that moment, in iterating with, with a designer, a packaging designer, we landed on really this uh, woman shape, really honoring, you know, the curves of the women over a bullet. And, and because, you know, when I had written the story about my mom on her wearing lipstick, which I think I do myself as armor, you know, it is this action, it is this intention that you put this on, you go, I have this meeting today, I'm going to put this thing on because it's going to make me feel a little bit more confident and it's my armor. I created the concept around armor. And so that was the beginning. And, and it was, you know, when I, when I saw that shape, when, when I developed that prototype and I held it in my hand and it was ergonomic and it felt right, which took a long time to get that shape to feel right. You know, I felt like it was a pulse, you know, like that baby had a pulse, you know, when you get your sonogram, you go, oh my God, the baby's alive. You know, it was just sort of that. It really has been a love journey. It's such a brilliant brand, Margarita. I mean, I remember you showed me that before the very, very first prototype when we dropped all the sam- my samples in the store. <laughs> You pulled out a little, she pulled out this little tiny thing. She's like, you want to see it? I felt very honored to see the first prototype. You held it in your I hand. I did hold it in my hand. But, you know, now that the brand is alive and it's living in the world, it really is an amazing time. I mean, we can look back at the history of women and how lipstick plays into the icons and the Marilyn Monroe's and entertainment and film. I mean, there's such a deep, rich history all 
across the board. But today, we're living in such a different time, right? You know, we're all home. We're dealing with this pandemic. We're all on Zoom all day long, working away. You know, lipstick really transforms a woman to make them feel confident, just like you said. I was talking to someone yesterday and she's like, I got to get my lipstick on before I get on my Zoom. But, and it's true because right before you get on your Zoom or wherever you're going, which is nowhere, you usually, April wears the best lipstick too. She, oh my God, she always has her red lip. It looks perfect. Oh, thank you, Abby. (laughs) You're welcome. But it's really true. So I I would love to talk a little bit about today and how you're going to build Valde into the mainstream of communities where women feel empowered and get them hungry to feel that confidence again, because you actually have the power to do that now. Yeah, actually, I've, I've been super intentional. I know that people think I'm crazy because the reality is with the pandemic, the manufacturing was delayed until next year. So I literally flew in goods to launch at this time, right? So I, of course you did. Of course you did. Self-aware, eyes wide open, I made a conscious decision to launch at a time when women are wearing masks, they're not wearing lipstick, to lean into this aspect of, no, 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 no. Beauty means so much to us. And it is for us. It really is for us. Yes, sometimes is you know, is to project but I want it, this is such an important time for me because this brand is about beauty mattering, you know, having things that matter and not taking things for granted. That's the moment that we're, that we're living where every decision that we're making today is a conscious decision, where we're marrying makeup is a conscious decision. And it just felt for me that I wanted to be at the ground level, right? We're in ground zero right now in the development of a new chapter in a new normal. And this for me is part of the chapter that I want to be a part of where fundamentals are, are, are key and important. And so this brand is very much about encouraging women to step in into their authentic selves. That's really what I want to encourage because We certainly have been through the empowerment movement of feeling and empowering, but I'm I'm the poster child for the fact that I've played that card. You know, I have I've played feeling strong and projecting that level of strength. And as women, out of sheer strength, we're capable of so much. But I have never I had never allowed myself to fully, fully embrace who I am, to be perfectly honest. I've put on a facade that I really needed, that I needed to in order to survive or in order to fit in or to go with the flow and all these pressures, right? Or the the society pressures. But there's a reason why we have an epidemic on anxiety. We still are experiencing the strength. We're still trying to do so much. There's an inner strength that we don't tap into. And when when you go there, when you're able to embrace who you really are, and there lies this the confidence, the voice, that inner strength, the liberation, right? 
that allows you, for me, it's this entire mental well-being and on a much, much deeper level. It really is connecting with your soul and, and understanding that we're we're part of a greater universe. And that Ooh, I just got chills. Much- I just got chills. That really is my message, but everything starts with an intention. Everything starts with just, you have to just put one, one, you'd have to take one foot in front of the other, right? And for me, that, that wearing lipstick is that. It's really that intention. It's that reminder. And also for me, it's, it's important in my experience to be able to encourage women to help each other out because I've experienced the opposite, you know, throughout my career where it's been super competitive and, you know, I've experienced, you know, female rivalry and, and I'm over it. I'm really over it, you know? And, and so I I gravitate, you know, towards those women like, like you, you know, that just really are generous. I want to express kindness. And after everything that we've experienced this year, please, we've got so many bigger fish to fry. We've got so many macro issues to fix. And I believe that women are an important part of that solution. And we have to collaborate. We really have got, we've got so many bigger things to, and particularly in the beauty industry, where I think we need stronger representation. And so for me, this armor in a very humble way is sort of my way of honoring women, honoring all that we are. And it's an excuse, if you will, to be able to say, you know what, I want to honor you for all that you are, for all your potential, for, you know, for all that you've done and who you are meant to be. I love that. That's an amazing message. So we're going to take a little bit of a break right now, but coming up, you'll hear more from Margarita about harnessing this new chapter and growing a business in an exciting time. Here is a sobering statistic. 60% of companies are without long-term internal communication strategies. Do you have one? An effective one? Here's another sobering statistic. Companies with communication strategies that work well result in returns to shareholders that are 47% higher versus companies and organizations with poorer communication, 47%. Here's what does work, a communication method that successfully appeals to younger generations while also being adopted by older generations. It's the podcast, and as a result, more and more companies are making use of internally deployed audio content, which closely resembles podcast episodes. If you're a company with at least 50 employees, or you have a large number of strategic partners or retailers you need to regularly communicate with for training, updates, compliance, instructions, and more, we should talk. Please reach out to us at podcasts at mouthmedianetwork.com. That's podcasts at mouthmedianetwork.com. So Margarita, you have a really strong history in retail, obviously. So how did that inform when you were starting your own brand and your plan for getting it out in the world? It's a great question. To be perfectly honest, I actually thought about retail first. (laughs) Because 
for me, the experience is holistic, right? I, retail's in my blood. I grew up on the on the retail selling floor. I started out as a sales um, associate, so it's it's in my blood, and I have tremendous amount of heart um, for that for that experience. So I definitely every aspect of this creation included how I see it at retail. And so I, you know, for me, that's, that's done. It's completely done. In fact, I started there first and work backwards because it's second nature to me. So I, you know, I feel strongly that the retail sector will always remain super important and critical because at the end of the day, we're humans and, you know, and it's a social aspect. I, I am a social retail social shopper i'm an addict on on retail for me retail is therapy you know that old cliche retail therapy uh, that's what it is for me it's such a refresher for me it really helps to uh, shape my my perspective and so i think that you know despite the changes that we are um experiencing the with the pandemic i think it's an opportunity to really course correct the reality is that retail always has to evolve, and I've seen it evolve. I've lived retail through the golden years when it was magical. You know, I could do a segment for you on just that because I, I worked at it. Do that. I love that. What? Give us a little magic. We need a little magic. Sense. I worked at a store called Bullock's Wilshire. You'd have to look it up. It was a specialty uh, retail store of an arm of a larger department store called Bullocks, which eventually was purchased by Macy's. And this store was magical. It was an Art Deco building here in LA. It's still here. And when I joined, I was super, super young. I, I was an assistant buyer, and I, I you know was in my teens. And I was, it was a complete culture shock because beautiful, gorgeous Art Deco store, the women, the sales associates wore gloves <laughs> and, and these Hollywood celebrities would pull into the car part in the back. I became a buyer in this, in this store at a very young age. I launched brands like Diane von Furstenberg. I launched Kenzo and it was magical, magical. The tea room, just beautiful, beautiful. But I also lived through the era of, you know, the Macy's golden era when Macy's was magical, you know, with beyond the miracle on 34th Street, you know, in the cellar where it was just, right, you'd go and it was, you know, in these beautiful fairs. I participated in creating all these, you know, international country fairs. I mean, all these incredible things, you know, where people really discovered and went into the stores to really experience uh, magic. And, you know, like everything else, just the way that we're experiencing beauty, you know, just things, you know, get ahead of us. We're super focused on, you know, on growth. And before you know it, the heart and soul of this magic concepts, whether it's retail, whether it's beauty or, you know, whatever industry it is, you know, fashion. I mean, look what's happened with fashion. It gets away from us. It's cyclical. Yes. And so I do think very, very strongly we're seeing it now. You're seeing the boutiques once upon a time, you know, there were before the national chains, there were boutiques. And now we're getting back to the boutiques, to your local neighborhood store, right? And so the magic will come back. There's no question in my mind. And I'm ready for when that, ma I'm ready to add my 
You're ready. With, you know, with that level of magic, but it will come back for sure. Well, it's so true because, you know, with everything that's happening right now, I mean, retail therapy, who doesn't want some retail therapy? I mean, you know, it's just being home. We're all home for so long already and it's not ending. So what's going to happen? It feels like there's going to be this mass surge, but, you know, what's going to be out there? What are they going to be? How are they going to be reimagining? I've been on the phone with a lot of people in the retail space lately, just about different concepting and ideas. And, you know, the, it, it does go back to the magic and how does yeah. it all, how do, how do you entertain the consumer? How do yeah. you excite her and him? He wants to shop too. It's not just her. Yeah, I mean, maybe not for lipstick, but, you know, for fragrance, but they do. I mean, I have three sons. They're always, they want to shop. They want to buy. They want to feel good, yeah. you know? You know, I worked on a retail concept uh, last year in beauty in China. I don't know if I ever mentioned it to you, but I did it because, you know, I had this energy that I needed to channel in terms of retail, right? Like, where, where do I channel this, this energy? And so China, off I went. And this concept was so fantastic. And I do think that it takes a page of what the future could be because it was a concept that really merged art with beauty, Art installations, really out of the box, artistic installations with with retail. And people have flocked to it. And so I, I think that we really, we need that. You know, we need those courageous people, those visionary people that are going to say, what the heck, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. Because retail is social. It's a human connection aspect. Yep. But unfortunately, because of the growth Sure, you know, we've lost, you know, that innovation, we've lost that, you know, the, the visions and the creativity and the imagination that is really needed to put retail back. But I don't doubt that it'll happen. Well, I love what you said about the art and, you know, art and you, it's the creative, right? You need yeah. the creative for the inspiration. It's not just a garment. Yeah. You know, it's not just another beauty product, it's the innovation and the sexiness of. Yeah. The texture, the material, the feeling, the the vibe, I guess, so to speak, you know, that really makes the magic happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of which, I find it interesting that you launched specifically in the lip category, obviously. Yeah. So that seems very that's obviously very carefully thought out and planned. Yeah. Do you feel like you will expand beyond that category or will you continue to be thoughtful within the lip category or are you kind of just seeing how it goes <laughs> no I, I no, I'm there's little that's not intentional about this brand I'm super intentional about the lip category and I'll tell you why it's a, it's a great question obviously from my experience and my background in retail I know firsthand how difficult it is for women to find the right lip for them they, we certainly buy a lot there's a lot of trial and error, but if you know what you want because you've seen it on someone, then perfect. Or if you found something that you like, then maybe maybe you'll replenish. But if you don't know what you want and you walk into a retail environment, any, any, and try and look for a red lipstick, you know, that's a creamy satin or a matte, just try 
it is super, super, super hard. And yet, and yet it's so popular, right? And so I do think, and there lies the opportunity in retail, by the way, there are some great concepts today that are really mono brand, you know, like a bite beauty lab that are fantastic, but a multi-branded concept and lip is super, super difficult. If you go into a Sephora, you go into a Macy's, you know, finding, if you don't know what you want, you think you want a coral, for example, and you want to try all these different formulas. How do you do that? It's really, really hard. And yet women need that level of help. And so while I don't believe that my brand or any brand is the end all be all in one category, I do think that I could be a trusted source to help women navigate in the category. And because I created the concept around dressing your armors, so there's going to be a lot more design of armor designs, right, that you can plug and play with your formulas and refills at a competitive price point. Then it really kicks in, and I think this is probably my fashion background, this concept of wardrobing, right, that you can choose today, you know, your occasion, I'm going to brunch, or I'm going to Zoom, or I'm going to the gym, you know, and my shades, you can choose your formulas, and you can choose your shades. So, you know, so this, this creation is very much a system, an ecosystem, if you will, to allow women to be able to navigate better within the space. And so, so next time, if you're thinking, okay, you know what, I'd love to see this nude and this kind of formula, you might think of a brand that has created a system to allow you to plug and play between formula shades and your cases. Right to your taste, to your personal taste. It's super personalized. I love that. And when you were coming up with this concept, did you think about the sustainability aspect of the packaging? Obviously, re- with refills, you would be buying the outside packaging less often. Yeah. Is that something that you considered? I considered that eons ago before I even thought about this brand, quite frankly, because I always struggle. I certainly have had experience in, uh, with product development, and I always struggled <laughs> with the fact that if you're in product development, you know that the larger part of the cost of creating the lipstick is on the case, right? But what you're using is the formula. I mean, in some cases, only 30% of the cost is in the formula, right? But you're throwing away that case. Sometimes we don't even finish that lipstick and you're throwing away that case. So I always had an issue with that, you know, in the same way that I do with fragrance as well. Like I can't throw those fragrance bottles away. What do I do with them? They're so beautiful. Yet the smaller part of that investment is in the juice. So that was one aspect that I, that I struggle with, which for me was wasteful. Even before the sustainability trend that we're on, it just I just sort of struggle with that. The other thing that I struggle with was there were formulas I would like, and I may not like the packaging. And I'm very much a purse appeal kind of a, you know, when I, I like to, I like this application aspect. If I'm out at dinner or, you know, I'm at a brunch, I want to apply my lipstick. There might be some formulas that I like, and I thought, no, 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 this, this packaging is, is not me. Love the formula, but it's not me. Or there might be a brand of which I love the packaging, but they wouldn't have the formula or shade that I wanted. So, you know, those two things for me were important. And 
in developing a luxury experience, you know, brands have a tendency to overpackage. And so because it's all about mm. that eye appeal, right? The the aesthetic. And so for me it it definitely was a reflection on how do I create something that you would want to keep that even though many of the elements are not recyclable. So I was super aware of what's in the industry, you know, what evolutions, what's, what's available to brands in order to make things sustainable. For me, the first thought is how do I avoid the waste? How do I get you to not throw it away? Right. And, and create something that's a little bit more meaningful at a time of which I think beauty needs this level of meaning. It leaves this, it needs this level of purpose because we, we, driven the industry to such a point of where beauty is losing its value you know where i mean we've got products out there that i know there's a lot that went into the development and people are not appreciating the value because because of the promotional activity and the saturation that we have in the marketplace so yes that factor is that's how i approached it how do i get you to keep it to feel this is something you want to cherish that it has meaning and that you'll remember it for a long time. Well, that really goes back to the experience, right? And that at the end of the day is what really moves somebody is how you make them feel from the minute they see something to when they get it and they open it. And now I think more than ever in our world, the experience is going to just go to a whole other level. Yeah. That if you can't really move a customer, because these younger, this younger generation, even the older generation, they're very discerning. They know everything. We were just talking. You can't hide behind the curtain. Everybody knows everything. And in some respects, it's good because you have to be accountable to it, right? So it, makes, it pushes the entrepreneur to go a little further, a little deeper, yeah. maybe spend a little more up front, you know, take feedback. But what you've created is just so special and moving and, and the, you could see it from the minute, you know, from every little aspect of the brand and the beauty and the depth behind it. Thank you. Um, so I think it's, and it's an exciting, I think it's an exciting time for a beautiful lip line. I really do. I think people are going to come out of COVID wanting to feel glad. I mean, I know I do. I, I got all dressed up for Thanksgiving and put jewelry on and like set the table with my china and my silver and had champagne. It was just the five of us. <laughs> you know, I think people are going to start to crave that feeling of glamour. Yes. Excitement, yeah. you know, entertainment. No, I mean, every, we can't even watch a ball game. You know, you can't, our world is built on events and experience yeah. and energy and every, you know, you, you get on the phone with friends or people and you, you can hear from the hello, yeah. how they feel yeah. because it's been such a daunting time. So I think power to the lip, baby, it's going to go big. <laughs> it's so very, true. what a great slogan, power to the lip, Abby, you should trademark that. <laughs> Take it, run. Someone just gave me, you gave me a trademark. Power to the lip. I love it. All right. Well, we'll take this opportunity for another little break. Coming up, you'll hear a little bit more about the personal side of Margarita and a round of what we call hitting the pan right after this. Every business has at least one big pivotal moment. The moment when you say, okay, we're at this turning point. So then what? 
I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor. I hope you'll join me each week on my podcast, Then What?, as we talk with successful business leaders who push past their business's biggest then what moments and succeed in an even bigger way because of effective leadership and solid business practices. It's inspiring and deeply useful information for any entrepreneur. Subscribe to Then What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. And now it's hitting the pan. Okay, Margarita, it's time for hitting the pan when we get to the deeper layers of who you are. To determine the order of who asks the questions, I'm going to spin the proverbial salon chair and it will land on Abby. Ooh, la la. Okay. So, you know, I'm thinking a lot about experience because that's what we were just talking about. So tell us what would be your next travel destination? Where would you go? What would you wear? And what would you pack in your suitcase? Sorry, three-pronged question. Okay, so fact is, I'm going to Costa Rica. <laughs> I'm not packing much, but I'm definitely taking a lipstick with me, like <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> okay. Right? I'm super, super light. Can I talk to you about why? Of course. Tell us. <laughs> tell us everything. <laughs> I mean, the reality is if I could get to the Amazon, which is, you know, we're in, you know, in my country in Peru, I would. The Amazon for me, and this is as close as I can get to nature, you know, this strength of nature. The Amazon for me is, is a place where I can really recalibrate super, super fast because you just, you're in the midst. Mother nature is such a force, right? That you feel you feel at par with the ants (laughs) and it puts things into perspective really, really, really quickly. And so wait, the ants, what happens to the ants? I don't understand. Right. The insects in the, in the jungle are on steroids and you feel like you're, you're, you're in their turf. And so, you know, you just, it really gives you perspective really, really fast. It's a very special place for me. And whenever I've been through significant changes in my life, certainly when I left Sephora, the first thing I did is I, I booked that trip. I resigned and I booked that trip to, you know, to the Amazon in order to have perspective. And these last four years have been intense and particularly this year. And so I purposefully booked that trip to Costa Rica so that I wouldn't go too, too, too far. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to be in the midst of nature. I don't take it for granted, the gift that we have and, you know, being connected to the universe and to Mother Nature. So, yeah, I'm, that's what I'll be doing. That's my next trip. And I will, you know, wear some beautiful casual things, although I tend, I tend not to wear much when I'm casual, but always, always. Lip balm, sunscreen, and my beautiful nude shades, my beautiful shades of lipstick. Always. And a hat, I'm assuming. Love it. Sign us up for that. Right, Abby? (laughs) 
Yes, can we join you? It sounds fabulous. Sounds dreamy. I gotta go watch a video on the ants. I I I think I know where you're headed with that. I feel like in my mind I'm thinking the ants are building their um, you know, the ants, they move around, right? They're building their tunnels, they're moving. I remember one of my sons had an ant thing and I was fascinated to watch that. It's the spiders. And you know, I'm 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 a person that grew up in the city. I didn't grow up around nature. And so, you know, you want a quick reality check, you go to the Amazon. The first time that I went to the Amazon, I had nail polish on. What the heck was I thinking? Right? The the nail polish sort of peeled off on its own the moment I arrived in the Amazon. So you can imagine. And I was horrified by the by the spiders and the gigantic ants and you know, all these things flying around and the noise. <laughs> and then one week later, by the time I left the Amazon, I was going. Oh my God, those are some cool looking ants. <laughs> look at those spiders. Wow, look at the, and I wasn't stoned or anything. I and mean, then look at those, you know, spider webs. What are you drinking while you're there? You must be drinking <laughs> some. Oh, they serve. No, no. Speaking of which. It's the power of being in the midst of Mother Nature. I love it. I love it. So speaking of what do you have to drink there, um, let's take another spin of the salon chair. And it will land on me. So Margarita, I can't help but wonder, obviously, when I think of lips and lip color, I think of food and eating another amazing part of life and beautiful part of life. So what are your, what is your all time favorite meal? Well, I'm, I'm Peruvian. So my favorite all time meal is any Peruvian food. That's what we cook at home. And that's my, that's my comfort food. So I'm a ceviche girl. I'm an octopus girl. Love. I love octopus. And if I'm not eating Peruvian food, I'm definitely eating sushi. Love, love. Peruvians are, are known for their, because of our culture that is very mixed, the food is tasty. And so I always look you know, I, I, you know, unless I'm, you know, on a diet and I'm grilling and, you know, things are, you know, don't have a lot of seasoning, but I, you know, I typically like seasoned foods a lot. Yeah. Now we're hungry too. <laughs> so at this point, we'll ask you, Margarita, if you have a final thought you'd want to share with our listeners based on our conversation or anything that you want to put out there. And also how they can reach you Thank you. and the brand. Thank you so much. So they can certainly reach me personally on my social. The brand social handle is at Valde Beauty. Same as Facebook, on LinkedIn, at Margarita Arregada. I have both my um, Instagram and LinkedIn handle the same. And, you know, my, my final words would be, I, I think that this is an incredible moment of time for change. And, you know, God help us if we don't remember, you know, what, if we forget this moment, I think I've been living this moment, quite honestly, for quite a few years where I felt that there was a need for change and evolution. And we certainly have experienced many aspects that have been exasperated by a pandemic. But this is the reason why I made a conscious decision to launch now, right? Because it it just felt that despite the risk you know, despite the positioning, despite the category that it flipped, it just felt that things need to matter. Beauty needs to matter. And that every decision that we make needs to matter. And so, you know, this is, 
my way of really putting myself out there, which for me is not easy. I'm a super insecure individual, but I'm passionate about wanting to share a message that we need to help each other out. We need to spread a message of kindness. We need to be, you know, we need to be more collaborative. We need to spread more love and help each other out in the process. And beauty is an incredible, incredible category for us to collaborate in. I love that. And it is so true. Well, thank you so much, Margarita, for taking the time to be with us today. We truly appreciate it. and have loved hearing your story. My pleasure. Thank you to everybody for listening. Check back next week for another great guest. And thank you, Abby, for being here with us today, too. Of course. Thank you, Margarita. Always great to see you. See you. I'm April Franzino, and this is Beauty Is Your Business. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.